Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that I was refused to use. No doubt starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for November the 15th in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America. That is our guide. And absolutely, we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers, one of the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips. And as you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome to the broadcast. A quick recap of Saturday's show in order. Hopefully you're aware we're live six days a week, Monday through Saturday, two hours a day with hard-hitting news that networks refuse to use, syndicated by LovingLiberty.net. Spread the word. Donate today. Download the free apps, iPhone and Android apps at LovingLiberty.net or at your favorite, uh, what do you call it, smart store, iPhone store, Android store. Uh, download it. You can listen to live and on-demand radio free at your fingertips. You can also uh, give feedback, make donations, and follow us on our Twitter feed. Uh, anyway, so Saturday's broadcast, we talked about Nancy Pelosi demands gender equity in attack on global warming, insists that sex-based agenda be the central component of climate action. Bob Unruh, WorldNet Daily with the story. Pelosi uh, literally is out of control. You ask yourself, what the heck does gender equity have to do with the climate? Well, she's going to tell you, and the United Nations agrees with her. Nancy Pelosi wants to make sure that you know that climate change affects women the most. Now, I don't see how that works when women and men are equal, according to these feminists. And when gender is just fluid, all the women got to do is pretend they're men. I mean fluidly become men and hey no harm no foul they shatter the glass ceiling and they won't be affected so bad but she admits there's men and women in this story and she says women are affected the most the united nations in fact has claimed that women are more vulnerable to climate change because of the social economic and cultural factors okay i don't get how they figure all that out but there you have it And they say, uh, the question becomes, can climate change be addressed with gender equity, I ask? What is gender equity, by the way? Gender equity versus gender equality. We broke that down in great detail. The summation is simply this. Gender equality would mean everybody's equal. Men and women are equal, right? Gender equity means, hey, we're going to adapt it to the needs of the person involved because the Well, fairness idea justifies it to be so. So uh, in the military, if a man must lift 50 pounds, a woman must lift 20 pounds, that's equal. Well, that's not really equal, but it's equitable, see? And equitability leads to equality. That's their lie. And as they play games with these words and manipulate terms, what they're really doing is pitting men against women. Okay, no doubt women are much more vulnerable to economic conditions and things than men are. That's why God's plan is for a man to go out and work and to be the protector and the provider for his family. 
That's why women are the nurturers. And they stay at home and care for the home front. It's kind of like the way the United States works. The states are to do deal with domestic affairs. The federal government is to deal with foreign affairs. Similar idea between a husband and a wife. Doesn't mean one's greater than the other? No. Doesn't mean that one's more important than another? No. Doesn't mean that they ought to be pitted against one another? No. What it means is they are complementary to one another, and why attack God's perfect plan? So that's really the question we should be asking. Uh, no doubt women are vulnerable. How do we as good, honest, righteous men prevent women from being vulnerable? Well, you love yourself. You love God. You love your neighbor. Not in that order. It's love the Lord thy God as thyself, and then love thy neighbor, or love thy neighbor as thyself, right? Love the Lord thy God, and then love thy neighbor as thyself. That means you love yourself, you love God, you love your neighbor, uh, kindness, caring for one another. Uh, anyway, it's all tip topsy-turvy, isn't it, folks? All right, second hour, we've talked about the crowd at the January 6th Capitol event yelled and chanted, the rioters chanted, hang Mike Pence as they breached the Capitol. Hang Mike Pence chant. Uh, Donald Trump defended that chant. I will never defend a chant like that. I don't want to hang anybody. I don't want to at all. All right, ladies and gentlemen, while they're literally chanting that, we're focused on different issues altogether. I'll tell you about it in a minute. But it's hard to tell between the par with regards to the parable of the wheat and the tares. Can you tell the difference? The FDA alert over 2 million at-home COVID-19 tests recalled generating false positives. We talked about Howard Stern pledges to run for president if Donald Trump does. What a shame. We rounded out the hour by talking about this new website that I built, uh, along with some friends who are helping me, callforcivility.com. We talked about the welcome. We talked about the mission statement. We talked about the pledge. Great stuff. And it all started with the article that I wrote uh, in 2015 called A Clarion Call for Civility. But now we literally have a pledge and everything available. Callforcivility.com is the website. And it's really important to focus on this. While they're literally chanting, F the president, Kamala's a whore. It's getting worse, folks. We'll talk about that later uh, in the broadcast next hour. But call for civility is our answer. We don't want to have anger and hatred and chants and, and, and vitriol and, and division. We want to come together and say, look, we may not agree on everything. In fact, there might be a lot we don't agree on. But you know what? We agree on more than we disagree. I know the rhetoric of certain organizations are pretty polarizing. But you know what? When we come down, when it comes down to it, we're all humans and we all really want the same thing in, in, in the end. We want to be safe. We want to feel loved. We want to have food and clothing and shelter and, uh, you know, that kind of thing, warmth or cool, whatever the case may be. Uh, we all pretty much want the same things. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org. Welcome back, my friend. Well, good to be back, Sam. Thanks for having me. Hey, did you get a chance to check out Call for Civility yet? I just did in the last uh, 15 seconds here. I uh, looked at it, and, you know, this reminds me of what George Washington wrote. He wrote a little booklet uh, called uh, Rules for Civility, and, and, and uh, it just smacks of that. I mean, this is great that in the tradition of one of our founding fathers, Sam. I'm very impressed. Yeah, we're working on it, ladies and gentlemen. There's a pledge there people can take. We're really going to 
work on a speaking tour. We're going to work on a lot of this stuff. Um, because this is really important, though. The, the vitriol and the hatred and the anger um, in the nation it, it, it has just become shocking of how bad it has become, Lowell. Mm-hmm. Right, and things start by what you think and what you say. I mean, that's how wars start. And so if we can curtail this in our minds and in our hearts, if we can uh, talk about civility instead of talking about violence and, and, and other things, then we're going to spread civility, right? And we spread civility, then it, uh, it reaches more people, and, uh, you know, just more people will, will realize the importance of civility. And so, yeah, this is how peace breaks out, ma'am. What you're doing here is, is, uh, is just that important. So good on you. I'm happy to see this site. All right, and it's not only me. There's a few of us working on it. The co-founder is uh, Richard Mack, so he's working on it with me. Uh, several people are, are working on it, and we're gonna we're gonna do an, a speaking tour. We're gonna talk about this. We're gonna we really believe that uh, we need a separation here. I don't know if you know, but there's a news article that just came out uh, over the weekend, and it talks about things are getting worse. They did the F Brandon chant that turned into the or the F the president chant that turned into the. You know, let's go, Brandon. Then they started shouting, Kamala's a whore. And I know that there's evidence to some degree of that. But that's still not the way we got to go about things. Well, now I don't know if you know, but there's what's called Biden gas pump stickers. And the gas pump stickers are a picture of Joe Biden with a phrase that said, I did that. And then Joe Biden is pointing at uh, the price. And so you put it on a gas pump. And the idea is Joe caused gas prices to go up. You put it on store shelves, and the idea is that Joe caused all the prices at the store to go up. I did that trend now goes viral. It's not just a let's go Brandon meme anymore, ladies and gentlemen. The latest viral trend to mock Joe Biden are these stickers. The stickers are popping up on gas station pumps throughout the country. They're also on uh, you know, shelves at stores where basically people are dovetailing this into um, this whole agenda that's gone viral. My problem with this is it's the violation of private property. And you could say, well, this is simple, Sam. It's just a sticker. Yeah, but who wants to send their employee out there to pull that off the pump? Then there's all that sticky goop left behind. And, okay, you don't have a right to do this on people's private property, ladies and gentlemen. I know it sounds simple, but just like I asked with the F, the president, and, and what's next? Now the answer is they're violating private property, Lowell. Mm-hmm. Great point, Sam. I'm with you. And I know people can say, oh, that's no big deal, Sam. It's just a sticker. I know. I get it. But what's next? You know, the guy that cheats on his wife doesn't start out just going, I'm going to cheat on my wife today. It starts out little by little, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm telling you right now, if we leave this, leave this unchecked, I fear for the results of violating private property. Uh, Dropping to a moral low with these chants. I agree that we need to push back, but let's hold the moral high ground when we do it, shall we? Quick pause, Lowell Nelson in seconds. This is Liberty Roundtable Live. The spirit of the American West is live and well in Range Magazine the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues affecting the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, 
breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today. And gift ideas like the 2021 Real Buckaroo Calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. Well, my mom smokes and my dad smokes and I saw them smoking, so I tried it. They're telling me not to smoke, but they smoke themselves. When it comes to smoking, are you sending mixed signals? But when you teach someone a certain way to do things and you go back on that certain way, it sends mixed signals to the person that they're trying to teach. The parents need to be a good example. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. My brother and two other boys were the ones that got in the car with her, and she was drunk. The road that goes to her house is, like, really windy, and she was taking that road at 80 to 100 miles per hour and hit into the road there. Her door flung open. She ran out across the street to get away from it, and the other three boys were trapped in it, and the car exploded. And then when my mom found out about it, she called me at work. I don't care what you have to do, just get up here to the hospital. You know, I parked my car and I went inside. And they took us back to this little room. My mom told me that Jake had been killed. And I, I lost it. The other people excluded, like, well, you can drink, but just be careful when you drink, you know? So I don't want anything to do with it because it took my brother away from me. <laughs> A public service message from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Promoting God, family, and country. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Radio. Pushback against government overreach, absolutely justified. How you do it is the question. It's a matter of tactics. Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org, with us, Campaign for Liberty, uh, using great tactics to tell the tale, train people, get involved, make a difference. Huge, huge work by Campaign for Liberty all over the country. But Lowell Nelson is here to tell us about a lot of pushback from the Utah legislature. Lowell? Well, thank you, Sam. Two weeks ago, as you know, OSHA published their new Emergency Temporary Standard, which is abbreviated ETS, Emergency Temporary Standard, yeah, you got to put unconstitutional every time you say that, though, Lowell. <laughs> That's right. The ETS uh, requires employers with 100 employees or more to mandate their employees to either show proof of COVID-19 vaccination or submit to weekly testing and wear a mask and a face covering you know, unless the, the employees work from home or exclusively outdoors. Okay, everybody knows about that ETS. The, uh, the unconstitutional ETS, right? Well, as citizen outcry grew in volume, or in the words of James Madison, uh, who wrote Federalist Number 46, as the, quote, disquietude of the people, end quote, grew, well, the Utah legislature held a couple of interim committee hearings on the vaccine mandate, and hundreds, Sam, literally hundreds of citizens attended each one. And so just so people in other states know, the Utah legislature does not meet year-round. It meets annually in a 45-day session from January to March, and, uh, but it also convenes an interim session, uh, usually of committee meetings, uh, about once a month. 
you know, most other months of the year. They, I, don't, I don't think they meet December or July, but the rest of the months of the year, I think they have this, this interim committee meeting day. It's usually on the third Wednesday of the month. And it gives them a chance to make some progress on their legislative agenda throughout the year, but they usually don't take any action. Now, they, they can take action in a special session, and that's what they did. I'll get to that in just a moment. But on this committee meeting on Monday, October 4th, the Business and Labor Interim Committee uh, meeting lasted three and a half hours. Uh, its topic was the Biden vaccine mandate and its effect on Utah businesses. And so attendees to this meeting were given 60 seconds that they could testify. They could talk about the impact that, the, that a mandate would have on them or would have on their business and, and so forth. And so this committee meeting listened to literally hundreds of people give testimony, and about 99% of them said no way on the vaccine mandate that it would hurt their businesses and it would hurt society. And about 1% of those who testified uh, said that they welcomed the mandate. So very interesting. The public outcry was significant. Well, the second meeting occurred on Tuesday, November 9th, just one day before a special session of our Utah legislature. Began in the afternoon at 1.45, considered other issues for the first couple of hours, which thereby shortened the length of time that citizens could give input. But citizens nonetheless showed up in hundreds at this committee meeting also. And by the way, we set a new record of attendance at a committee meeting that on the October 4th day. There was nearly 1,000 people in attendance, uh, seven or 800 in person and two or 300 all online. And so that literally set a brand new record at, uh, at, at how many people have, can, you know, have ever attended a committee meeting. I was in one of the overflows for that meeting, by the way, and it was a lot more fun <laughs> to be in the overflow because you could shout and cheer and stomp your feet and clap your hands uh, when something good was said. And, of course, almost all the yeah, time. Yeah, that's good what we need more of. <laughs> but if you were in the actual committee meeting uh, room where testimony was being taken, of course, you had to uh, you had to be you had to uh, you know you, you you couldn't have any outbursts. You couldn't clap. You couldn't yell <laughs> or anything like that. So. It's actually more fun to be in an overflow after that meeting, but it was a lot of fun. That bottom line was that the pressure on the legislators was significant, um, and, um, and, and so much so that when the special session of the legislature met on uh, November uh, 10th, that, you know, like this is just last week, folks, just, just November 10th, uh, they approved a bill, uh, Senate Bill 2004, um, which does the following. It requires an employer to relieve an employee of the COVID-19 vaccination mandate if the employee files a religious, medical, or personal exemption. It also provides an adverse action. Uh, I'm sorry, it prohibits an adverse action such as firing or demoting an employee or a failure to hire or promote an employee uh, it prohibits this adverse action against an employee who claims this personal, medical, or religious exemption. And this bill prohibits an employer from keeping or maintaining a record or copy of an employee's proof of vaccination, except under certain uh, conditions. So, so bottom line here, Sam, the day after the committee hearing, or on Wednesday, November 10th, 
the legislature voted to approve the bill, and it passed the House 55 to 17 to 2, and it passed the Senate 24 to 5. And it is now awaiting reaction from our governor, but you will notice that it passed with veto-proof majorities, which means it will become law when or if the governor signs it, or 10 days after the governor receives it, if he does not sign it, or if he vetoes it. So bottom line, Sam, is we have the state of Utah standing up, not maybe not as maybe not as strongly as Tennessee did, but nonetheless it stood up because citizens got involved, they got loud, the disquietude of the people had an impact on legislators, and they passed this bill, which uh, sets in motion basically you're, if you're an employee and your company has more than 100 people and you file this personal exemption, you do not have to follow the mandate. Very interesting, Sam. Not only is it very interesting about that, but let's be very clear. Um, the legislature really backing what other courts are saying, too. So what I like about this, remember, there's a wrong way and a right way to do things, ladies and gentlemen. Wrong way, run around and say F the president. Run around and violate private property and put, you know, stickers on everybody's stuff, okay? Um, trespassing, violation of private property, et cetera. Right way, get your legislature and put pressure on them. Polite, insistent, consistent. Let me say that again. Polite, insistent, consistent pressure on your legislative bodies. When you come back now, you've got the courts standing with us, and you've got legislative bodies standing with us. This is the right way to go about this nice development in the state legislature. They're making a difference here, and they're not pushing back as hard as they need to yet, but it's a significant start, Lowell. Absolutely right, Sam. And it just occurred to me last night as I put together my thoughts about what we could discuss this morning. I was intending to talk about Australia, um, but, you know, as I worked through the – I couldn't I – couldn't, um, I could not talk about this development in the Utah legislature, and so I, I, one thing led to another, and I just didn't have room to talk about Australia. <laughs> so we'll have to pick, pick that up another another time. But but the thing about Australia is is that they are are protesting in droves. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of people, and so the disquietude of the people in that country are it's you know is it, significant, um, but it. It falls along out, maybe outside the lines of civility there. And so, you know, maybe that's why I, I, I uh, w- was not impressed to, to, to do that this morning is because we're focusing on civility this morning. Well, and so let's be I very clear. That. Australia has significant pushback and literally mm-hmm. civil unrest, uh, mm-hmm. breaching, in my opinion, the civility reality. Whether they need to go that far or not at this point, uh, it's hard for me to say. I'm not trying to be rude and tell people at some point – uh, as you know, government falls apart. You have to get more and more and more insistent. And I'm not saying that we need to have to be peaceful forever. The founding fathers eventually said, "Hey, we can't handle this peacefully. We got to have a revolution." I'm not saying that we can always remain peaceful. The question is, will they let us? But we need to remain peaceful as long as we can, and we need to set the standard for that, especially in America, where we have the the guidelines, the checks and balances, the the system in place. Some of these other countries don't have such a blessed system. Uh, and that's why it might get worse for them. I'll give you an example. I don't know if you know, but Austria, not Aus- Australia now, but Austria orders lockdowns for the un- unvaccinated. Directs yep. police to carry out spot checks. 
Okay, that's a little different scenario right there. That's getting hardcore. Um, literally locking down the unvaccinated, directing cops to uh, carry out spot checks. Very different situation there. When we come back, though, this gets personal for Lowell, and he's ready to tell you about it. Of course, you're listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live on your favorite news the networks refuse to use, Talk Station. Pursuing Liberty, using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Wisconsin has dispatched 500 National Guard troops and hundreds of nearby police officers will also be available as a precaution to ensure public safety during the conclusion of the Kyle Rittenhouse trial in Kenosha. Closing arguments are scheduled for today. The FBI has confirmed its email system has been hacked, with spam email being sent to more than 100,000 people, warning of a cyber attack. The emails appeared to be from addresses ending in at ic.fbi.gov. The email systems were taken offline quickly upon discovery of the issue. Chinese President Xi Jinping is expected to use his first virtual meeting with President Biden to warn the United States to, quote, step back, end quote, on the Taiwan issue. That's according to Chinese state media editorials printed on Monday. She and Biden are scheduled to meet virtually on Tuesday morning, Beijing time, USA Radio News. With confusion around vaccinations, masks, and public screenings, it's important to know the symptoms of COVID and its variants. Fever is the leading sign, so make sure to use an accurate thermometer for your family. Only the Exergen Temporal Scanner Thermometer has been proven accurate with more than 100 clinical studies. Non-contact thermometers have no clinical evidence behind them and cannot be relied on. Be vigilant and be accurate with Exergen. Learn more at Exergen.com. Exergen is changing the way the world takes temperature. Just in time for Christmas, Mike Lindell has dropped the price of the standard classic MyPillow, regularly $69.98 to $19.98. Now, queen and king size slightly higher, but that price includes a free press and pack bag so you can take your MyPillow with you anywhere. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, use my promo code USA, or call 1-800-951-8175. Support Mike Lindell and American Jobs and give MyPillow for Christmas. The mayor of Houston, Democrat Sylvester Turner, on Twitter Sunday mourned the death of a nine-year-old boy who suffered serious injuries while attending the Astroworld Music Festival earlier this month in the city. Ezra Blunt was in a coma since the incident. Ten have now lost their lives since the stampede of nearly 50,000 people. Five Republican senators have promised to withhold support from any Democrat spending bill if the bill doesn't include funding for the border wall. In a letter to their colleagues, the five senators said they could not support continuing funding for the government if the border is not made secure. These included Senators Mike Braun of Indiana, Marco Rubio from Florida, Mike Lee of Utah, Cynthia Loomis of Wyoming, and Ted Cruz of Texas. An 11-year-old girl was the sole survivor of a plane crash on an island in Lake Michigan on Saturday that killed four people, including her father, Mike Perdue. The young child is reporting her father shielded her as the plane fell from the sky. This is USA Radio News.
begging politicians, bureaucrats, and educrats, and all do-getters to please obey the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. This is Liberty Roundtable. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're highlighting a nice development in the Utah legislature. They've approved a bill, SB 2004, and the good part about this bill is it's veto-proof. Uh, so, you know what? Uh, that's great news, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and now, uh, because they put this great bill together, it says, hey, you know what? They can't, employers can't keep uh, proof of a vaccination record on file under this bill. Is that right, Long? That's exactly right, Sam. And under certain exceptions. I mean, they, there's always an exception, Sam. You know, when they're talking about uh, federal employees and, and, and so forth, then they won't go quite that far. That's one of the weaknesses of this bill. But uh, when you're talking about private businesses and their employees, correct. You, they, they cannot keep, may not keep, rule um, uh, record of, of your vaccination status. All right. In uh, consequence, at the same time, it seems like even though there's been a stay, as we've heard uh, in the courts, there's been legislative pushback on all levels with bills. There's been states suing the federal government. There's a lot of things happening. Lowell gets a letter from his employer. Lowell? Right. On the very afternoon of November 10th, uh, my employer sent me an email explaining the OSHA ETS, uh, saying that it, quote, went into effect officially November 5th, 2021, and is currently in five different circuit court challenges with a stay order from the 5th Circuit Court, end of quote. And that's all true. I mean, they were just explaining, because most people don't follow this, you know, the way you and I follow this, Sam. Most most people are pretty oblivious to what's happening around them, uh, uh, politically speaking, I, I suppose. But So this email explained the situation and then continued. It said, quote, while the ETS is stayed, we are not required to follow its terms. However, that stay could be lifted by the Fifth Circuit or the circuit that gets the consolidated cases for review on the merits. Once the stay is lifted, employers will have to comply with the terms of the ETS. While we wait and see, we'll be generating a formal policy, as required by OSHA, addressing the areas outlined in the order and will provide this policy to you before the first deadline of December 6, 2021. While we, still quoting the letter here, while we work through the specifics of the policy related to this ETS, we are requesting your voluntary participation in providing your vaccine status. Please email me directly. This information will be kept confidential, end of quote. So that evening, you know, Sam, when I checked on the bill and found that it had been approved by both houses of the legislature and by veto-proof majorities in both houses, well, I drafted an email to corporate leadership in my own company and sent it to them the next morning, and here's what I wrote back. Quote, nice development in the Utah legislature yesterday. They approved SB 2004. This bill provides for religious, medical, and or personal exemptions from a COVID-19 vaccination mandate. With certain exceptions, it also forbids an employer from keeping a record of an employee's proof of vaccination, end of quote. So here I am warning my employer that he cannot keep a record of an employee's vaccination status, which is precisely what HR had requested that we do voluntarily just the day before. And then I highlighted the red box summary on the Open Bears website and uh, said this, quote, given the fact that over 850,000 adverse reactions to the COVID-19 vaccine have been reported to the CDC through the end of October, 
including 18,000 deaths, 8,800 heart attacks, and 2,700 miscarriages, I suggest that we not be encouraging employees to get that vaccine. Our colleagues are too important to risk their death or injury. Instead, let's encourage a healthy lifestyle, one that strengthens the immune system so the hospitalization and or vaccination are not necessary, end of quote. And I blind copied other employees who share my concerns, and uh, hopefully this input will slow my, my company's rush to comply with an illegal and overreaching mandate from OSHA. That's the story, Sam. Well, and here's my real issue with it right now. The president of the United States basically uh, in his um, administration has literally said, hey, ignore the uh, court stays on this thing. Just move ahead anyways. And my fear is a lot of these businesses are forcing people to take the vaccine, even though there's been a stay in the courts. And your company is a great example of this reality check. Why are they moving forward and saying, let's do this, voluntarily do it. I know we don't have authority to make you do it, but do it anyway, putting pressure. A lot of people will cave and take the vaccines thinking their job will be at stake. Very few people have the guts to uh, politely push back as Lowell is doing. Politely, but very educated, very insistent, very consistent, very documentation, factual-based, you know, solutions that, that Lowell brings forward. But very few people have the guts to push back like that, right? Um, very few people are comfortable enough in their own situation, maybe close enough to retirement, maybe. I don't know all the reasons for everybody, but um, this is a, a big concern when the, when the president says ignore the courts. Uh, when the businesses are basically going forward with this mandate that really has no authority in law whatsoever, the courts are really putting a halt on this. As far as I understand, there's a second court that has put a halt on it now, too. So it's not just one. But when you have states by the dozens suing the administration, when you have local legislative bodies uh, in states by the dozens putting uh, legislation forward to stop or to mitigate or to um, you know, sidestep or to uh, reduce uh, this happening, you get a situation where, you know what, it's a mess. Uh, why are people pushing forward? Why is the president ignoring the courts? Why are businesses ignoring the halts and the stays and pushing anyway? Because everybody then that takes the vaccine that's harmed, I submit to you, these companies are going to become liable if they're not very careful, Lowell. Right. That's one of the things we pushed for in the bill that we didn't get yet was this liability factor. You know, if you have an employer that requires you to follow this mandate, then we, we really ought to hold the employer liable. I mean, if he's holding your job over your head and you go do something that injures you, then it hurts, it hurts you and it, you know, the, the employer ought to have some liability for pushing you to, to, to do what you did to cause your injury, right? I mean, that's, that's, that's the simple logic there. So that's, that's one of the things we hope to rectify in the January session of the Utah legislature. But, you know, it's um, it's going to be it's going to take some more pressure, some more uh, firm insistence by the citizenry to uh, take this, uh, this football further down the field. But I am impressed with the baby steps the legislature did take with SB 2004, and I'm impressed with the decision of the Fifth Circuit. I, I read that whole order uh, last night, Sam. Very interesting stuff in it, actually. <laughs> Amen to that, and I think all peaceful solutions as we push back, there's a right way to do it. As we mentioned, there's a wrong way. Let's focus on the right way. One of the right ways to provide appropriate pushback is through education, educating ourselves and educating those around us. And as we do so, one of the real solutions that I always like to look to is, you know what, go back to the Founding Fathers. Go back to the documents that made America great. 
The documents themselves didn't make the country great. It's the principles enshrined in those documents that did. And so as we read the Federalist and the Anti-Federalist Papers, as we read the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, the Declaration of Independence, and so on, we gain a perspective and an understanding where solutions uh, are. Thus, Federalist Paper number 46 provides clear guidance, Lowell, on what we ought to be pushing for the most. It sure does, Sam. James Madison authored number 46, and therein he wrote four key ways that by which the people should curb the power of the general government. Number one is the disquietude of the people. Number two, their repugnance and perhaps refusal to cooperate with the officers of the union. Number three, the frowns of the executive magistracy of the state, basically the governor saying, this is a bad idea, guys. And number four, the embarrassments created by legislative devices, which would often be added on such occasions. So in this case, Utah legislature passing SB 2004 is, an, is what James Madison would have called an embarrassment created by legislative device. And so those are the four things, disquietude of the people, refusal to cooperate, frowns of the governor, and legislative devices, right, that, that would oppose in, in any state um, difficulties uh, not to be despised. Well, just continuing with the James Madison quote there, basically um, the, it, it reaches a point, if those four things happen, it reaches a point where the federal government is hardly going to be willing to, to uh, push, you know, continue their push, their overreach uh, into the lives of the people. It's not going to happen. And this is the essence of nullification. This is the correct, the rightful remedy uh, uh, when the general government exceeds its lawful size and reach. You know, when it exceeds the bounds of that sacred compact, the Constitution for the United States, when it exceeds those bounds, the lawful warrant, then this pushback is warranted. And he calls it the rightful remedy. It's not secession. It's not violence. It's not, you know, all this other stuff. It is the rightful remedy, this pushback, this disquietude of the people, refusal to cooperate, the governors. And, and Lowell, just to insert here, this is why I highlight that we're different than Austria. We're different than Australia. We're different than these other countries. We have rightful remedies. We have checks and balances. We have solution-oriented ways we can rein in uh, those who would take power into themselves. We have ways to stop them that are peaceful. The founders put a brilliant system together. Lowell Nelson in seconds on your radio. I believe there will come a time when we are all judged on whether or not we took a stand in defense of all life from the moment of conception until our last natural breath. As a teenager, I gave my first public speech in my church. My hand shook, my heart pounded. I thought to myself, I can't do this, but somehow I did. And because I wanted to talk about things that were important, I persisted. I chided my church as a senior in high school for not seeming to care about the not yet born, for looking the other way and for not taking a stand on life. I will be in earnest. I will not equivocate and I will not excuse. I will not retreat an inch and I will be heard. One thing I promise you, I will always take a stand for life. As 
a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. With news the networks refuse to use. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org, doing a phenomenal job pushing back politely against his employer, educating Americans along the way, using facts and information to tell the tale, understanding that Federalist Paper 46 revisited is important. It calls for nullification. And this is the rightful remedy, ladies and gentlemen, when the government exceeds its scope, size, and reach. When the government exceeds that, we must nullify now. Nullification is one of the great solutions we have. And on one hand, uh, the government wants you to believe nullification is not legitimate, that the founders were crazy, that it was limitedly used. But whenever the liberals want to use nullification, they do it every day, Lowell. That's right, Sam. It's uh, called uh, relative um, ethics. Uh, uh, what do they call that? Uh, situational ethics. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's uh, it's okay for me to do, for, but not for you to do. Something like that. Uh, thus, the president trying to nullify the courts right now, saying ignore them, vaccinate, 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 ignore them. Uh, what kind of deal is that, ladies and gentlemen? You and I, we the people decide what nullification's justified. And those who serve us uh, should carry out our will based on the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America. The Fifth Circuit Court upholds that's great news, ladies and gentlemen. But here's the other problem. Lowell Nelson, I mentioned it, laying out the facts in a very cogent way to his employer and to all those around him. COVID vaccine effectiveness declines precipitously. They're admitting it everywhere now. Ron Paul writes about it, Lowell. Right, his his column just last uh, week, uh, he mentions this, basically, the, 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 a new study of the effectiveness of the COVID shot is not good news for the Biden administration, he writes. Published November 4th in the scientific journal Nature, researchers followed 800,000 U.S. veterans for six months after receiving the shot, the clot shot, okay? Between March and November, Moderna effectiveness fell from 85% to 58%, which is just a little better than a coin flip. The Pfizer BioNTech two-dose fell in effectiveness from 87% to 45%, and the Johnson & Johnson fell in effectiveness from 86% to 13%. That's a 1-3, 13%. You, when you figure all those three together, you're less than a coin flip now by a long shot. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he, uh, 
writes, as the Washington Times wrote about the important new nature study, factor in natural immunity, and a case could be made, these vaccines are nearly worthless, end of quote. So you know, he, he's putting into print there these facts, and the facts say these, these, these clot shots, they're not even, even 50% effective. They just don't work, folks. They're practically worthless. Well, and, and the other and, problem, though, is that it's still experimental, though. Let's be clear that we're having worthless results and taking a grand experiment on so many people under emergency action. That is insanity. Because, yeah, these trials don't even end. So the first trial doesn't even end until next year, folks, 2022. And one of the trials doesn't end until 23. So we're talking, we're still months and months away from the end of the, the trials on these vaccines. And uh, and they're only emergency use authorization, so they're very they're very much an experiment on the human population, folks. We don't need to be doing this to ourselves. We shouldn't be doing this to ourselves. Certainly not to our children who have no choice in the matter. Sam. Well, CDC's director Walensky doubling down, telling us a truism that's been ignored for several uh, weeks and months as well, since August. That's months, <laughs> I guess, right? That's right. Uh, he said the shot does not prevent infection from the virus and does not prevent transmission of the virus. <laughs> so, Sam, it's not a vaccine by any definition of the term. Um, that's why the CDC itself in September changed its official, de- official definition of the term vaccine to exclude the term immunity. We talked about that in an earlier show, how the definition of vaccine has changed on the CDC's website because it can no longer, this clot shot no longer, well, never did, um, prevent, um, the, you know, you're catching the virus. It doesn't, it doesn't provide immunity. And so they changed the definition to simple protection rather than prohibit or, or you know, providing immunity, Sam. Think about that for a minute. CDC Director Walensky has been telling us since August. Now, why it took them well over a year? To admit this, I don't know, but it's been several months now. They've been telling us since August that the shot does not prevent infection from the virus and does not prevent transmission of the virus. So it is not a vaccine in the traditional sense. It it doesn't do the things that it in the beginning was promised to do. Thus, they changed the definition of what immunity is. Now, here's what's interesting. Here's the next headline from The CDC, you ready for this? CDC, quote, no record of naturally immune transmitting COVID-19. Zachary Steeper with the article, persons who recover from COVID-19 are also known as naturally immune. The CDC should be transparent with data on natural immunity. The epic times with the peace. So the bottom line is you've got everybody that's taking these vaccines and they have these breakthroughs where they're infecting people and they're sick. But you don't have the FCC was or the I'm sorry, the CDC was forced to admit Lowell by FOIA request from the epic times that they don't have any record. No record of naturally immune transmitting COVID-19. Where is the transparency here? So the vaccine people are running around getting everybody sick and, and breakthrough infections left and right, and everybody's sick and transmitting it. But the naturally immune, there's no record of anybody transmitting the virus to others once they're naturally immune. Zero. 
And so they asked the CDC about it. The CDC said, we won't answer you. So they filed a FOIA request and forced the answer to come out. That's the truth, Lowell. You're right, Sam. And that's one of the reasons why we want to so much uh, to put natural immunity into the bill. Uh, that didn't happen yet, but we, we need that. We need, we need recognition, official recognition, that natural immunity is immunity. <laughs> you don't have to take the vax if you have natural immunity, right? And you don't even have to take the vax if you don't want to, but this, this, this recognition of natural immunity, nobody's, nobody's, no state institution is recognizing that yet. And uh, so I'm but glad the evidence you, is that the natural immunity has more power to not transmit the, the disease than even the vaccination. You got thousands of breakthrough cases and you have zero from the naturally immune people. Yeah, great point, Sam. I, I love you bringing that out. Uh, and, and, and states need to recognize that. In the meantime, ladies and gentlemen, like we said, there's a peaceful way uh, to deliver our displeasure, to stand up for what is right and give appropriate, um, peaceful civil pushback and one of them is to understand that the feds cannot force vaccine mandates without a lot of help Lowell, we don't need to help them we need to stand against them we can do so peacefully using our agency Lowell, that's right osha had only employs 774 inspectors okay that's less than a thousand 774 there's another 1200 that work for the states but enforce osha rules Okay, so combine that, roughly 2,000 people uh, out there trying to enforce OSHA rules. Well, this is a very small force of inspectors, and they, they have to cover more than 7 million businesses, Sam, in the U.S. And so currently it would take them about 160 years to inspect every business under its jurisdiction just one time. To try to, you know, I'm helping you to put that in perspective, Sam. For OSHA to visit 7 million businesses to do this inspection, it would take them 160 years to do that just once. <laughs> and that's why the feds are going to have to rely on snitches to have any hope of enforcing the vaccine mandate. There is no army of OSHA inspectors that's going to be knocking on employers' doors or even calling them. And, and, and a former OSHA chief of staff told CBS News recently, quote, they're going to rely on workers and their union representatives to file complaints where the company is totally flouting the law, end of quote. And so this suggests, Sam, this suggests that we remember James Madison's second suggestion, which is a refusal to cooperate with officers of the union. So basically it's a team effort, right? You've got the OSHA team and you've got the state team and, you know, people, the snitches that want to snitch on their employer, right? And if half the team doesn't uh, do their job, then it's going to be a failure of the team to, to actually accomplish what the OSHA rule wants, us, wants them to do. So the answer is a refusal to cooperate with the officers of the, of the union. Don't report other businesses. Don't be a snitch. And don't comply with the OSHA personnel if they come knocking on your door to enforce the mandate. In other words, if employees refuse to tell on their coworkers and on their employers, and if states refuse to help enforce the vaccine mandates, then the vaccine mandates won't be enforced. It's that simple, Sam. Not only is it that simple, but that is the way of America, ladies and gentlemen. Remember, one of the keys to understanding the proper role of a constitutional republic is we're not a democracy, okay? 
And so just because a few powerful people have uh, pulled the lever of government in their favor for, uh, you know, violating the checks and balances, it's up to us to politely push back, to say, you know what, I'm not going to snitch on my neighbor. They have their freedom, their agency. It reminds me of the fully informed jury principle. I'm there as a juror to not only understand the law, but to also judge the law as if it's inappropriate. For example, if somebody doesn't pay their taxes, I may come back and say, you know, I'm not for them not paying their taxes, but you know what? I don't think the IRS should even exist. It's unconstitutional. Furthermore, the remedy doesn't match the crime here. Someone didn't file their taxes or didn't pay their taxes, so the government just literally takes their house. They have no shelter now, and they're homeless. That doesn't. And so I'm going to nullify now. I'm going to stop this. And a fully informed jury principle uh, is really applied here in real time with day-to-day living as well, Lowell. We have an obligation to check the laws as much as we have the, uh, the, an obligation to uphold the laws based on the law's worthiness, legitimacy, uh, morality, and based on how the law came to be. Right now, these mandates, they're being challenged in the courts by legislatures all over the country. Don't tell me it's a done deal. It came from a man who has no authority to make law in the first place at any level. Lowell? Yes, exactly right, Sam. They He doesn't have that authority because the, the states did not vest in the executive any authority for legislating. Uh, for legislating. They said, in fact, the very first words of section Article 1, Section 1 of our Constitution is that all legislative power you know, is going to reside in the Congress. All. That means 100 percent. That leaves zero percent for the courts and for the, uh, the executive branch of government. And so even if Congress were to pass a law back, uh, mandating vaccines, uh, that would be questionable because they, the states did not grant, did not vest in a Congress authority for police activity, police action. And it turns out that if you read the uh, Fifth Circuit opinion, they clearly say that this is a police action. Police, it infringes on the police powers of the state. And so even Congress itself does not have authority to mandate a vaccine. And so that, 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 that's why President Biden has zero authority to do so. OSHA has zero authority to mandate this vaccine, Sam. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll tell you this right now. Remember one thing. We have an obligation as Americans to peacefully defend our liberty. The good news is a ton of Americans are waking up. Legislative bodies, courts, everyone everywhere is waking up. What we've got to do is point them in the right direction now with education and peaceful solutions. Call for civility.com, our website on this topic. Thank you, Lowell. Godspeed. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America. Top the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk Show. All right, and happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman, live on your radio. Hard hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, continues now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for November the 15th. In the year of our Lord, 2021, this is our two of two and the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions 
of our founding fathers. That's who we are. That's what we do. Welcome to the broadcast. We're live six days a week on the Sabbath. We rest two hours a day of hard-hitting talk at your fingertips. Headlines galore. Last hour, we had an incredible conversation with Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org, about CallForCivility.com, the new website we put together, showing a contrast between the ever-increasing divisions in America and our goal to heal the nation. Welcome to the broadcast. Hope you're all doing absolutely fantastic. Rules of civility, ladies and gentlemen, George Washington, and now our call for civility. Same line of thinking from the great general and from the folks at Liberty Roundtable Live. How do you like them apples as we look back to the founding fathers and the deals that they put together, the concerns that they worried about, the papers, anti Federalist and the Federalist Papers articulating their debates, their concerns, their free exchange of ideas, just as we should have in America today. Um, we got to be very careful with how we go about the solutions, ladies and gentlemen. There's a right way and a wrong way to go about it. But the CDC director, Walensky, has been telling us since August the vaccines simply do not. The shot does not prevent infection from the virus, and it doesn't prevent the spread. The CDC also admitting that natural immunity, there's no record of anybody with natural immunity transmitting the COVID to others. They're not being candid, open, truthful, or honest about what we're dealing with, ladies and gentlemen, at all, and they need to be. All right, uh, that's enough of that. Welcome to the broadcast. Hope you're doing fantastic. We've got a bunch of news stories to talk about this hour. I'm all by myself. I don't have a guest or anything else. I've just got a bunch of news for you. You know, do you guys like it? when we have a mix of guests and talk, a uh, mix of me telling uh, stories and gathering uh, headlines from the news. Do you like guests? Do you like me gathering the headlines? Do you like a little bit of both? Do you like Anyway, I'd be interested in your feedback. LibertyRoundtable.com is the website. LibertyRoundtable.gmail.com is the best way to email me. And yes, that email gets directly to me. LibertyRoundtable.gmail.com. I'd love your feedback. I'd love to know what you think. Do you just love it when we have some guests and then some breakdown of the news? Or do you like it when we always have a guest on? If I'm by myself, is it always good to have a co-host? Anyway, your opinion would be very helpful. Is it boring when I just chat for a bit with you? Or is it entertaining? Is it uh, educational? Is it, is it worth your while is really the question. LibertyRoundtable at gmail.com. All right, here's the news. Former Green Beret veteran. Guy's name is Jeremy Brown. And uh, he's a former Green Beret veteran. And he was at the January 6th Capitol event. And now he's a January 6th Capitol prisoner. Well, here's the thing. He did not even go into the Capitol, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, he was there, but he did not go in the Capitol. They arrested him anyway. He says that what happened is the FBI tried to get him to be a uh, provocateur. They tried to get him to be involved, in, and he refused. And not only that, he spoke out and exposed them. He believes that's why he's a political prisoner right now. Anyway, he announces that he's going on a hunger strike because he believes he's been so wronged. And I have to agree with this. What on earth is a guy doing in prison that never went into the Capitol, never breached the Capitol? He didn't do anything violent. He didn't participate in the government's provocateur agenda, which we've been documenting over the last several days on this program. He blew the whistle on your government. Is that what's going on for Jeremy Brown? Our prayers are with Jeremy. His hunger strike is probably necessary, but oh, what a sad tale it is. 
You got literally Hillary Clinton, Joe Biden, Hunter Biden running around, Bill Clinton running around, violating laws left and right. And then you've got Jeremy Brown in prison. It reminds me of the Ammon Bundy prison scenario. Why on earth was Ammon Bundy in prison? He sat there for two years, only at the end for the government to say the FBI was criminal. The FBI withheld evidence. The FBI was out of control. That was one case. So they basically, you know what, shattered the case and said Ammon Bundy guilty of nothing. The government was the one that was out of control here. In the previous case in Oregon, well, they, again, they tried multiple cases against Ammon Bundy. The jury said, no, this is bogus. The government provocateurs are the ones that are causing problems here. Ammon really did nothing. He wasn't violent. He wasn't a threat to society. And so Ammon suffered for two years in prison, multiple cases against him. Every one of the cases pointed to the government being out of control and Ammon Bundy being peaceful and guilty of nothing. Think about that, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I fear for this Jeremy Brown. Is he in the same scenario? Well, we need to expose the government provocateurs in this. Jeremy Brown needs to come to the table and expose a lot of these people. I'll tell you that right now. Our pressure with you, Jeremy. I, be, I believe you are a political prisoner, and I think it's a shame, shame, shame. Why are the people who we pointed to as already provocateurs on camera, why aren't they facing jail time? Why are they removed from the FBI most wanted list? Why, why, why? Because there's an agenda by the government to attack all real conservatives. That's why we need to be very, very careful of what we say and what we do in America these days, ladies and gentlemen. We're getting closer and closer to a tyrannical state, and when that happens, you know what? They are not kind to those of us who speak out nobly, boldly, and independently, are they? They're not kind at all. But we've got to stand up, ladies and gentlemen, and that's why... Callforcivility.com is so critical. Read the welcome. Read the mission statement. Read and sign the pledge, would you please, today. By the way, Lowell Nelson just signed it. I just got an email. We all got to stand together for a peaceful solution, ladies and gentlemen, and demonstrate who we are. We're God-fearing Americans, ladies and gentlemen. We want peace. We pray for peace. We sue for peace. Right? All right, there you have it. Our prayers are with Jeremy Brown. Number of U.S. workers voluntarily leaving their jobs in September has reached an all-time high. August and September shattering records. Think about that. Number of U.S. workers voluntarily leaving their jobs has reached an all-time high. Woo-wee, that's interesting. Why are they leaving their jobs in droves, ladies and gentlemen? The government wants you to believe it's all kinds of reasons. But not that it's the mandated vaccination issue. They don't want you to believe that's part of it because they don't want that to be a big deal, that a lot of Americans have problems with the vaccines. But we do. And it's obvious. And we know it. And they know it just because the media is in bed with the mainstream government plans to deceive the people. Well, we won't be deceived, ladies and gentlemen. We know better. Right? They can't deceive us. All right? They can't deceive us on this it's not going their way and they know it that's the good news the good the best news is we need to push back harder peacefully of course but we need to push back harder indeed right that's what we've got to do we need to push back harder because they don't have authority to do what they're doing 
And that's really where the rubber meets the road. Joe Biden does not have authority here. It's really important to understand. And I understand why people are quitting their jobs. A lot of it has to do with this scenario where they're forcing vaccinations. They're forcing masks. They're all kinds of stuff. And the number of U.S. workers voluntarily leaving their jobs is at an all-time high. Part of it has to do with pay. Part of it has to do with not very good working conditions. Part of it has to do with the economic woes that are happening. People are realizing, you know what? We can't sustain uh, this continued, I don't know what word to use here, this continued um, getting and spending in our lives. Most Americans are saying, look, we're going to be home more often. We don't need as much getting and spending, do we? So there's a lot of reasons people are quitting their jobs, but the government doesn't want to admit the, the biggest reason, in my opinion, which has to do with these horrible working conditions, with government mandating certain pay and all this kind of stuff. Let's get government out of the free market, ladies and gentlemen. Let government provide a level playing field. That's the government's role. They have a role to play. But then let's have them get out of the middle of the free market. That's really part of the problem. Inflation, really abusing the citizenry. I mean, if you make, you know, 20 bucks an hour, just say, your 20 bucks even a year ago would buy way more than it buys now. You can see it everywhere. And people know it. So they're simply saying, well, look, we're going to spend as little as possible and we're going to make as little as possible. I mean, after all, it won't do me any good for the government to tax the wazoo out of it. And it won't do me any good to make money in inflation just by hidden tax, stealing it from me. People intuitively get it, even if they might not be able to articulate it, ladies and gentlemen. Let me say that again because it's really important. People may intuitively understand something, but they may not be able to explain it to others or articulate it well. Right? And so that's the bottom line. There you have it. Why are people voluntarily leaving their jobs? Because we've created a disparity by mandate of government. All this wasn't happening before the COCO, right? Now, because of our actions, we blame it on the COVID virus, but it's really our actions in relation there, too. Government gutted the economy. Now government's wondering what to do with the disparity, right? All right, there you have it. When we come back from this break, there's a headline that says, is this the fifth COVID-19 wave? We'll talk about that, ladies and gentlemen. What do you mean the fifth wave? Pretty soon we're going to be on the thousandth wave right what wave of the flu are we on ladies and gentlemen just wondering all right quick pause back in seconds this is liberty roundtable live scott bradley here Most Americans are painfully aware that the nation is on the wrong track and in dire straits. Unfortunately, most political pundits only nibble around the edges when they claim to address the issues. Even worse, many of the so-called solutions are simply rewarmed servings of what got us into the mess we currently face. And the politicians think we're so gullible and naive that we'll buy their lies that they have reformed and now understand where they led us astray. Unfortunately, the truth of the matter is that they simply wish to continue to hold power. The solution to America's challenges is found in returning to the timeless principles found in the United States Constitution. My book and lecture series will reawaken in Americans an understanding and love of the principles which made this nation the freest, most prosperous, happiest, and most respected nation on earth. Visit to preservethenation.com 
and order my book and lectures to begin the restoration of this great nation. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way, but actually gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into mommy and daddy's bank account because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. Live and on your radio, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman telling the tale of liberty every day on your radio except the Sabbath. And then we're praying to Almighty God for strength to do it again. We pray every day for that, but especially on the Sabbath, we take extra time to let our Father in Heaven know that we love Him, that we're grateful for the gospel of Jesus Christ and the sacrifice of our Savior. We're talking about, is this the fifth COVID-19 wave? Experts fear... We may simply come to call it winter. Elizabeth Weiss with the peace, ladies and gentlemen. What are they talking about? Well, they're preparing you that Coco's here to stay. It'll never go away. It'll become like the flu. And every winter it'll come and, you know, kill people and cause problems. And every summer it'll reduce and go away. And it's going to be a cyclical, seasonal reality that's, that's going to be with us forever. They're trying to prepare you for that reality. Now, remember, these are the same dishonest people that told you all you got to do is calm down for 10 to 14 days. Let's flatten the curve there and we'll be okay. Literally almost two years later now they're going, yeah, the cocoa's going to be with us forever. Are we on the fifth wave? What? Yeah, here's the deal, ladies and gentlemen. They told you also that, you know what, when we get vaccinated, we'll be good. All we have to have is 50, 60, 70, maybe 80% of the people vaccinated, and we'll, we'll nip this thing in the bud and be right back to reality. They lied again. Now they're, they're going to be pushing almost 100% vaccines, and the fact is it won't do any good because it's here to stay. And the virus mutates just like the common cold or the flu. Now, fascinating enough, we compared it to the common cold and the flu before, and they mocked us and said we were ignorant. Now, they're using the same terms we are. Interesting, isn't it? Nevertheless, we told you that this was a sham. We told you that vaccinations won't be good enough. We told you this really wouldn't end because they want to use it for their purposes. It's not about the vaccine, folks. It's not really about the cocoa. It's not really about masks. It's about controlling you and their assertion of a godlike what do you want to call it? Lording over your life scenario? You got Austria literally locking people down who are unvaccinated into their homes. And if you go out, the cops are patrolling the streets. And they're going to spot check you and get you and fine you if you don't comply. That's Austria. Australia locking everybody down, getting a lot of control too. The United States working on it. California totally out of control. 
But now they're talking about the fifth wave. And the CDC literally admits, hey, they got all kinds of breakthroughs from the COVID-19 vaccinations where people are getting sick and transmitting the disease. The vaccine does not prevent the transmission of the disease. The vaccine does not uh, does not prevent infection from the virus. Literally, Walensky, since August, has been saying this. But you know what? Those who are naturally immune, no record of naturally immune people transmitting the disease. But yet, see, they're just going to lock you down. We don't care if you had it or not if you're not vaccinated. COVID-19 case counts, ladies and gentlemen, are up in nearly 30 states, especially in the north. Did you hear me? COVID case counts are up in 30 states, especially in the north. Now, here's what's interesting. Remember they told you the south was evil and, man, they're going to kill everybody because they're not going to lock down everybody. The north is what locked down everybody, right? Uh, And now the north is literally having higher cases than everybody. 30 out of 50 states, cases are up. Wait a minute. I thought cases were supposed to go down with the vaccine. But all they say is, well, we don't have enough vaccinated people. But yet it's the people with natural immunity that aren't transmitting the disease. People with the vaccines are. Don't worry, though. When you get the vaccine and then you get the cocoa, how you get the cocoa after the vaccine when it's safe and effective, I don't know. But nevertheless, when you get the vaccine and then you get the cocoa, uh, don't worry. It's not as bad as if you didn't have the vaccine, they say. Yeah, but if you have it and it's real bad and you pull through, then the good news is you're not going to be getting anybody else sick because there's no breakthrough cases of natural immunity, don't you know? See, they're literally manipulating all the results against us. They're dishonest as all get out, but evidence is coming forward telling the tale of truth. I'm a truth teller, so I'm bringing it to you directly on the radio. Experts say the latest surge underscores the virus is here to stay. Told you. Yeah, experts say the latest surge underscores the virus is here to stay. Is that what they told you when they said all we got to do is flatten the curve? No, they lied. Okay, I could have told you that the virus was going to be here to stay. That's what viruses do. But you got to really ask yourself an honest question. How did all of a sudden in the world, we go for 6,000 years on the planet, if you believe in uh, you know, the biblical view that the, the world began with Adam and Eve, right? 6,000 years or longer if you believe in all the scientific data, millions of years or whatever. How did all of a sudden this deadly virus just come on the scene in our lifetime? Just boom, overnight it's here and now we can never go back. Isn't that interesting too? They say for the first time in two months, COVID-19 case counts and deaths are rising again in most U.S. states, especially in the northern tier and in the Rocky Mountains. Uh Uh-huh. According to a USA Today analysis of John Hopkins University data, they say, does this mean a fifth wave of the COVID pandemic is cresting? With the virus, quote, this new to humanity. See, that's why I kind of brought this up. This is new to humanity. They're admitting to it. All of a sudden, it's like, wow, we got this new thing going on. With a virus this new to humanity, it's impossible to say. Said Dr. Susan Klein. She's a professor of infectious diseases at the University of Minnesota Medical School. So she's even admitting even right now, we don't even know. 
It's just too early to predict this right now, she says. Okay, well, then don't act like you know so much then. If a year and a half later it's too early to predict, don't act like you know. Don't force us to take experimental vaccinations when you don't even know. They say this is only the second year we've experienced such a, quote, fall wave, she says. Experts say the surge is being driven by a combination of factors. Okay, so they don't even know, but now they're going to tell you what they think they know. The seasonality of the virus, that's one factor. Okay. Waning immunity and many still unvaccinated Americans. Oh, wait a minute now. How many unvaccinated Americans do we have? That's a good question. Well, they say anywhere from 50 to 70%. It depends on the state and da-da-da-da-da, right? But then I got a question. What percent of Americans have natural immunity? They never tell you that, do they? How come? Because they know if they do, they know their whole dishonest scenario will blow up in their face, will go down in flames. They know full well. Because, look, a lot of people have natural immunity now, ladies and gentlemen, a lot. This has been going on for a year and a half plus. And those who have not got the vaccines have natural immunity. But whether you got the vaccines or whether you didn't get the vaccines and you have natural immunity, what's the number of either vaccinated people uh, and people who have natural immunity? Put those together, what's the number? And ladies and gentlemen, if we just be patient, we're going to develop this herd immunity reality check, which is the real key to solutions. It isn't the key to solving the virus because it will always mutate and we'll have another seasonal reality. That's the way of the flu. That's the way of the cold. That's the way of cocoa, right? But you'll get a handle on it to where it's not a big, massive fear. Most people will have immunity. It'll come around. It'll slightly more. People will get sick, but it won't be the end of the world because their immunities will wane, but they'll be partially part of the solution. In other words, you won't get it as bad, but you'll get it. Your immune system will kind of track the morphing of the disease. That's what happens, right? They'll continue to have vaccinations, and this herd immunity will make it to where it's not the massive death crisis that it once was or was claimed to be. They say it underscores the likelihood that COVID-19 is here to stay. They repeat this over and over. See? They're admitting, they're, they're preparing you. They say this. We saw a very similar trend last year. People are moving indoors now because the weather is getting cold, said Klein. In the week ending Wednesday, Kate's counts were higher in 29 states than they were the week before. Yeah, but we're getting more vaccinated, aren't we? They say a month ago, cases were rising in just 12 states. Hospitalizations, they say, are also up. Now, that's again where I'm going to push back hard. I'm going to push back hard on them. Why are hospitalizations way up? Why don't we make it to where people can get oxygen without it being a controlled substance? Why don't we let people have ivermectin and other solutions that are get people well despite what your government claims that there's no evidence, no facts? Why don't we let the frontline doctors treat people? They say compared to a week earlier, hospitals in 23 states report a rising number of likely COVID-19 patients. Likely means they don't even know. But they suspect it's COVID, see? That's how they lie and play the game. They're making this way worse than it is. And they provide virtually no solutions except get vaccinated or be rejected from society. They're crazy.
Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Kenosha is ready to move on. Patrick Roberts, the pastor of First Baptist Church, said before his sermon on Sunday, everybody is being calm and the community understands that it needs to heal. Closing arguments for the Kyle Rittenhouse trial is expected today before sending it to the jury. The Austrian government has ordered a nationwide lockdown for unvaccinated people that started at midnight Monday. The government orders prohibit unvaccinated people 12 and older from leaving their homes except for basic activities such as working, grocery shopping, or going for a walk or getting vaccinated. Chancellor Alexander Schallenberg told reporters in Vienna Sunday, quote, it's our job as the government of Austria to protect the people, end quote. A tenth victim has died from the Astro World tragedy. Ezra Blunt, who lived in Dallas, had been placed in a medically induced coma. Ezra was nine years old. USA Radio News. With confusion around vaccinations, masks, and public screenings, it's important to know the symptoms of COVID and its variants. Fever is the leading sign, so make sure you use an accurate thermometer for your family. Only the Exergen Temporal Scanner Thermometer has been proven accurate with more than 100 clinical studies. Non-contact thermometers have no clinical evidence behind them and cannot be relied on. Be vigilant and be accurate with Exergen. Learn more at Exergen.com. Exergen is changing the way the world takes temperature. Big news from Simply Safe Home Security. Okay, okay. Actually, I think the horns are too much. Yeah, that's better. Big news. The new wireless outdoor security camera is here. Yes, Simply Safe's award-winning home security just got even better, taking whole home protection to a whole new level. Okay, I'm I'm missing the horns. Simply Safe is celebrating this new camera with 50% off a new system this week. Visit simplysafe.com. The inflation hitting American wallets was a key topic over the weekend on most news talk programs. Last week, America suffered its biggest inflation jump in over 30 years. The Biden administration is acknowledging inflation has become a big economic problem, and the economic advisor, Brian Deese, was pressed about it on CNN's State of the Union. Whether President Biden's Build Back Better spending plan would actually help ease inflation, as the president's claimed. Deese said there are a number of things the administration can do to combat inflation, but claimed the social spending plan is the ultimate ultimate fix. Decide stepping the question, though, asked how long inflation will stay. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen saying she expects that inflation concerns will dissipate by the middle of next year. In the New England Bureau of USA Radio News, I'm Chris Barnes. Monday Night Football tonight will feature the Rams at San Francisco on ESPN. This is USA Radio News. The Coco, ladies and gentlemen, came out in 2020. Why they call it COVID-19 when it's 2020 or 2021, I'm not really sure. But they say this is the fifth COVID-19 wave. And they say COVID's here to stay, ladies and gentlemen. They're telling you about how even though we got more vaccinations than ever, we're more vaccinated than we've ever been, which they pitched as the grand solution. Now uh, COVID deaths and COVID infection rates are on the rise in 30-plus states. Hospitals in 19 states reported more patients in intensive care units than ever. 
SARS-CoV-2. They say that's the virus that causes COVID-19. Well, it's just behaving like other viruses, they say, that have circulated the globe for decades. Really? Yeah, we told you that a long time ago. And they said, no, it's not like any other virus on the planet. Nothing's like it. Now they're admitting it's just like the other ones. It's following the same patterns. Said Dr. Arnold Monto, a professor of epidemiology at the University of Michigan School of Public Health. They say, you know what, coronaviruses, four of them cause the common cold and mild to moderate illness in almost everyone who gets them. In March of 2020, this Dr. Monto published a major study looking at when they usually peak. Coincidentally, I say it's not so coincidentally, by the way, but just as the COVID-19 panic was taken off in the U.S., We looked at the data and we said, oh, my goodness, look at the seasonality. It's year after year after year, he said. See, they've known this forever, but they just didn't bother to tell you they've known this. It was so dramatic we couldn't believe it, the doctor continued. These, quote, common cold coronaviruses were sharply seasonal. They would start in November, then almost disappear by May, only to return again next year. Monto is now betting that COVID behaves the same way. Although the, quote, cold-inducing coronaviruses in SARS-CoV-2 are not identical, the fact is the seasonality, it's reasonable that same of the same seasonal fluctuations will be the reality. Wintertime COVID-19 surges may be something we'll just have to learn to live with. That's right. That's why the sooner you get natural herd immunity, the better off you are. Because natural immunity lasts longer than vaccine-induced immunity. And natural immunity has no breakthrough cases to get other people sick, ladies and gentlemen. When will we learn? It's not going to go away, said Dr. Timothy Brewer, a professor of medicine and epidemiology at the University of California, Los Angeles. They say waning immunity could be another reason for the rise. Those who either got COVID-19 or those who got vaccinated, they could lose their protection over time. People who had the vaccine, for example, last January and February, well, they're now over six months out, Klein said, and their immunity has waned big time, especially for people with weaker immune systems, which include the elderly. They say you got to have brief Vaccinations. In other words, you got to vaccinate, 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 vaccinate. They say we're in a race between getting people boosted and waning immunity. Why do we have to be in that rat race? They say so boosting is hugely important, says this other doctor of San Francisco. Vermont, for example, has one of the highest vaccination rates in the nation. And it's experiencing a surge. If that doesn't tell you something, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what will. Think about this statement from your government and your mainstream press. Vermont, for example, has one of the highest vaccinations rate in the nation, but it's experiencing a surge. Uh Uh-huh. What does that mean? You comfortable with that, folks? Vermont has one of the highest vaccination rates in the country, 
but it's experiencing a surge. What does that mean? Does that build your faith in the vaccines? It doesn't mean. It makes me realize what a sham they've pulled on us. They say that's in part because the state began vaccinating its oldest residents first. Yeah, what does that have to do with it? (laughs) They say so immunity among the highest risk people in the state is likely waning. So in other words, the vaccinations that we spent so much money on that we created Operation Warp Speed to run to market. The vaccination that we said was so critical for the safety of people, by golly, we got to experiment on the whole world. Literally six months later, they're saying, hey, man, these people don't have immunity, and that's why even though these people are vaccinated, um, it's skyrocketing. Yeah, Vermont has one of the highest vaccination rates in the nation, and they're experiencing a surge because the vaccine simply isn't working anymore. They're admitting it. They're calling it waning. But what they're really saying is the vaccine is not working. As one of the oldest states, the percentage of, quote, Vermonters in this situation is higher than in most other parts of the country. Vermont Health Commissioner Dr. Mark Levine said in a news conference on Tuesday, but how long will those, quote, second and third doses last? Think about that question for a minute, ladies and gentlemen. Not only has it only been six months and it's already waning to the point where people are getting sick, even though they're the highest vaxxed state in the country, it's surging. But remember, it's only been six months and most of these people have had two, now three doses. So three doses in a six-month period and we're losing the battle. But when I say the vaccine's not safe and effective, they say, you're ignorant, Sam, you don't even know. How long will those second and third doses last, we ask? It's an open question with no data available yet, says your government. What? They say we still have much to learn, Dr. Klein said. We need to see how long the immunity appears to last after this year's round of booster shots. So we're not even going to tell you how long it'll last. We're going to wait till you have three shots in six months and it's still going bad. But we can't tell you. We don't know, and we're not going to know for quite some time because we're, we're still learning. They say this, for those relying on natural immunity, the immune response that comes from having COVID-19 also appears to wane over time. But listen carefully. But the exact timing isn't clear. Okay. Wow. Think about that. Think about that for a minute. They don't even know. They don't know, folks. A Danish study, for example, they found that out of nearly 12,000 people that tested positive during the first wave of the cocoa, more than 80% were protected in the second surge. But among those 65 and older protection against repeat infection was only 47%. Now, they don't really go on and tell you about natural immunity versus vaccinated versus non-vaccinated. They don't go into that stuff. But this guy says, I'm less impressed with natural immunity holding the line for a long time, the doctor says. Well, I'm less impressed with the vaccinations 
holding immunity for a long time, folks. And if I'm going to have natural immunity not hold it very long and vaccinated immunity not holding it very long, why would I try an experimental vaccine? Neither of them are going to protect me for very long. One puts me at great risk because it's experimental and we don't even know the long-term effects. They say danger is greatest for the unvaccinated. Vaccination is critical to making it a disease we can live with. And I say liar. Liar, liar, pants on fire to you. The truth is natural immunity, the one that doesn't have any breakthrough cases of um, natural immune people getting other people sick, that's what we need to rely on if we want to get over this thing. The sooner we develop natural herd immunity, the better off we are. Because maybe I won't have protection forever, but I won't with the vaccine either. But at least I won't be giving the virus to others. They say rather than a disease that kills expert stress. So it'll be something we can live with rather than it being something that kills, right? They say this. Listen carefully to the lie now. Before they said if we were 40%, 50%, whatever, if we had vaccinated, if most people were vaccinated, it would be fine. Now they lie and say this. If our population were 100% vaccinated, would be having a very different conversation, Rutherford said. Now that's a lie. And let me prove it to you. They say that um, COVID's here to stay long term. It's seasonal. It's going to come back, come back, come back, come back. They don't know if population was 100% vaccinated, what the case would be. How do I know they don't know? Because we've never had that situation and we never will. They say, but case rates are rising in both states with low-level vaccinations such as Wyoming, 45%, and Idaho, low of 56%, and in states with high levels such as Vermont, 72%, Minnesota, 62%. We're having rising case rates in both. Why? Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. 
the solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. So they give Wyoming and Idaho as super low vaccinated cases, 45, 56% of the population respectively, and they compare it to Vermont uh, and other states that have literally 70 and 60 plus percent uh, vaccinated. And then they say this, how is that possible that these low vaccinated and high vaccinated states are still having COVID everywhere, increased COVID cases and deaths and everything else? And they say the thing to remember is this. If you have 62% or 72% of your population vaccinated, fully vaccinated, that means you have 20, 38 to 28% that are not. And that's plenty of people to sustain transmission of the virus, Dr. Rutherford said. I'm going to call the doctor out and call him a liar again. You're lying, sir. Let me tell you why. He said, if you got 72% vaccinated, a year and a half into the COVID, how many people have got it and have natural immunity now? 10%? 15%? I don't know the number. They never tell you the numbers. That's the point that I'm getting at. But let's say that it's 15%. If it's 15%, now you've got 87% of the people. And the people that are naturally immune are not spreading it even as much as the virus or the vaccinated people are. See, that's why your numbers aren't honest. And that's why you're not being genuine, honest, and clear with the American people. You're leaving out significant data points for a true analysis to take place, sir. Rising hospitalization rates also don't tell the full story because the unvaccinated are the most likely to get sick, to be hospitalized, and to die. Again, you lie. You say, wait a minute, Sam, that's an indisputable fact. No, it's not. Let me prove it to you. You ready? You've heard all over the country how if you're not vaccinated, they won't even treat you. Have you heard that? All over the country, they're saying, hey, if you're not vaccinated, we're not going to help you, um, you know, get an organ transplant. You don't even qualify. We're not letting you do it. Or if you come to the hospital and you're not vaccinated, um, doctors and physicians are refusing to treat people and everything else. Well, no wonder people are dying. If you get somebody refusing to treat you and you die, is that because you were not vaccinated or because that's, is that because somebody would not treat you? See the lie in the number, the lie in the data they're delivering, ladies and gentlemen? They say, for example, in Minnesota, about 2% of people vaccinated against COVID-19 have had a breakthrough infection. Well, why are you using Minnesota? Why don't you tell me what it is nationwide? Why don't you tell me the low and the high like you've done with all the other numbers you're quoting? Because you know, and I know that the number's way above 2%. And 2% is way above the death percent rate if you get the COVID, right? So again... They say, but breakthrough infection is not the same thing as, quote, breakthrough disease. What? Breakthrough infection is not the same as breakthrough disease. This is where, again, they twist the reality. Among vaccinated people who have COVID-19, just 0.09% were hospitalized. And less than that died, according to the Minnesota Department of Health. They say the same holds true in California. Your chance of being hospitalized for COVID is about 10 times higher if you're unvaccinated. 
Yeah, but what would it be if we we encourage the use of ivermectin? Uh, we encourage the use of vitamin C and vitamin D and zinc and CDB oil and other solutions. What would it be if people could get oxygen at home and not be forced to go to the hospital where other people are sick and where the protocols of care literally promote death? What about that reality check? They say you're 20 to 21 times higher to die, Brewer said. Now, again, this is where they lie about the statistics. They make you believe that if you're vaccinated, you're 21 times less likely to die if you go to the hospital than if you're not vaccinated. But remember, that's 21 times higher to die amongst the less than 1% that are likely to die from COVID anyway. So you got 21 times higher in the less than 1% that actually die from COVID anyway. And then you talk about comorbidities and you go, they're playing games with numbers. Less than 1% who get the COVID even die. And then 21 times likely higher if you're not vaccinated. And then, well, we're not going to treat those who are not vaccinated. And you put that all together and you go, the numbers they're, mani- they're manipulating are just out of this world crazy. Not honorable, not transparent, not true. They say, in it for the long haul, this yearly waxing and waning of COVID-19 is likely what the future is going to look like, they say. Fine. So is vaccination the only way forward or is natural immunity a way forward? See, they're not willing to discuss that. They say in some years, rates will be higher and some rates will be lower. But we're never going to get back to zero cases, Brewer said. I could have told you that. Why, they say, because new babies are always being born whose immune systems have never been exposed to SARS-CoV-2. And I'm saying, oh, yeah, God forgot to give them immunity, didn't he? Lies. Now we got to start to ask studies about how much nursing makes a difference. Oftentimes, with nursing mothers, you get natural immunity. Can the natural immunity from a mother through mother's milk provide natural immunity to child? Uh, the answer in many cases with a lot of things is absolutely yes, a resounding yes. If you talk to lactation professionals and others who know, okay, are they going to address that for me? No, they're just going to say you got to give the kid the vaccine the second he comes out of the birth canal. you got to just double down and vaccinate until the cows come up. See, bogus. They say immunity, either through infection or vaccination, wanes over time. We agree. Finally, glad you admit it. You told me 10 to 14 days would flatten the curve when you knew it was a lie. They say, and as people age, their immune systems become less able to mount a strong response to the virus. That's true. That's natural. You die of something eventually, right? They say with the coronaviruses that cause the common cold, the median time between infection is about three years. So now they're saying natural immunity with the cold. You get about three years of immunity until it comes back. We need to start thinking about vaccination as a long-term activity, he said. In other words, you're going to get vaccinated over and over and over and over and over because they know they're not safe and they're not effective at all. Why not natural immunity, sir? Some have suggested a, quote, three-dose series of COVID-19 might provide lifetime immunity. But Montos, this doctor, disagrees, and so do I. Instead, it will be more like the flu, he said. Every year, a new updated vaccine will roll out to keep up with the mutating virus. I suggest we're going to get into the same situation, he said, with COVID vaccination. We're going to have to do it yearly or more. Wow. This is the kind of stuff these guys are literally telling you. So let me ask you a question then. 
if vaccinations might provide lifetime immunity, could natural immunity provide lifetime immunity? Oh, no, we're not going to discuss that, Sam. That's just for wackos. I see. All right, well, the pushback is continuing against the coronavirus. As I mentioned to you last hour with Lowell Nelson, that others are pushing back more and more and more and more. Legislative bodies, state governors, uh, the list goes on and on. Military lawsuits, private and public lawsuits everywhere going on. Now Oklahoma Governor to Biden, quote, no vax mandate for our troops. So that's good news. That's great news, ladies and gentlemen. That's exciting news if you ask me. Wow. I hope more governors stand up. By the way, there's a stunning revelation from Top Doc. Suggests Fossey and Burks should have known their advice was wrong from day one. Yes, Scott Atlas is the doctor. And Doc on Trump's COVID task force says that Fossey, Fauci and Brooks ignored data that disputed their preferred theories. Yeah, Jack Davis writes the article for the Western Journal. This is important. In a new book, Dr. Scott Atlas speaks out about this. Lambastes the National Institutes of Allergy and Infectious Diseases where Dr. Fauci works for refusing to look at all options. In his book, quote, A Plague Upon Our House, Atlas recounted an incident in which he wrote that he presented compelling data indicating that schools should be open and that children were primarily not in danger and that children were not major factors in the spread of the virus. Well, he provided hard evidence to this. But Fauci and others acted as if they had never spoken to me about it. Yeah, he acted as if I had never spoken, says Scott Atlas. As I finished, there was silence, Atlas wrote. No one offered any contradicting data. Zero conference from Burks. Zero zero response from Fauci. And as always, not a single mention by Fauci or Burks about the serious harms of school closures. In my mind, this is bizarre, the doctor wrote. Atlas wrote that he appeared to be the only one on the team looking at facts before forming theories. Why was I the only one in the room with detailed knowledge of the literature and the facts? Why was I the only one considering all the data? On such important topics? Weren't they supposed to be extra medical scientists? Why were they not looking at the data that I was looking at? When a reaction arised, their view was hostile. Has the country lost faith in Dr. Fauci? Absolutely. Now listen to this. Brooks says Atlas was out of the mainstream and part of a fringe group supporting school reopening. Atlas wrote, according to Fox. Meanwhile, she insisted that all experts agreed with her, Atlas wrote. 
He said, I shook my head, thinking some of the world-class epidemiologists that sided with Atlas. You're talking about Oxford, Harvard, Stanford, epidemiologists, professors who agreed with Atlas, not with Burks and Fauci. He said, I wondered if Fauci and Burks even read a single document written by these professionals. Atlas said he presented detailed data about the spread of the virus through children and the fact that children were unlikely to spread the disease to adults. They were unlikely to even spread it. Wow. The icing on the cake, says Dr. Atlas, was the evidence that almost all coronavirus transmission to children comes from adults, not the other way around. Atlas wrote, Atlas wrote that Robert Redfield had indicated that in his mind the mountain of data was inconclusive. Anyway, he goes on and on, this doctor, Atlas, in his book articulating how they're just not willing to look at the facts, the truth, or the science. They lie and say they're following the science, but they're turning a blind eye as they promote an agenda that has no logical explanation in science whatsoever. Pray for peace. Work towards peace. Stand and be counted for the sacred cause of liberty. Please, my fellow Americans, callforcivility.com is how we can work towards real solutions. God save the Republic of the United States of America.